No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Jeremiah describes the many distresses that come upon Jerusalem during the Babylonian siege. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Lamentations chapter 4 on Simply the Bible. When you're going through a really bad time, you probably don't appreciate somebody telling you it could be worse, but the truth is that things could always be worse. Sometimes we think we live in sort of a protective bubble. When September 11th occurred and the Twin Towers fell to the ground, we realized that we were more vulnerable than we ever imagined. It was a reality check. In a sense, the same thing happened to the people living in Jerusalem during the days of Jeremiah. They may have thought that things were bad, but then they got worse. We continue in Lamentations chapter 4. How the gold has become dim. How changed the fine gold. The stones of the sanctuary are scattered at the head of every street. To what gold is Jeremiah referring to here? Perhaps it is the gold in Solomon's temple. This temple was a light to the Gentiles, but now that light had been snuffed out. Nebuchadnezzar ruined the temple, tearing down its stones and scattering them in the streets. The precious sons of Zion, valuable as fine gold, how they are regarded as clay pots, the work of the hands of the potter. Even the jackals present their breasts to nurse their young, but the daughter of my people is cruel. Like ostriches in the wilderness, the tongue of the infant clings to the roof of its mouth for thirst. The young children ask for bread, but no one breaks it for them. Jeremiah compared the inhabitants of Jerusalem to gold. It is fascinating to consider that we are more precious than gold in the sight of God. That is how he looks at us. If only we would look at each other in the same way. But now the precious people were considered as common as clay pots and broken ones at that. They were treated with the same care that you might treat a shattered ceramic mug. It was simply thrown out. Even jackals know how to care for their young, but the children of Jerusalem were not cared for. They were allowed to beg and starve in the streets. Probably Jeremiah couldn't get this horrific image out of his head. There is nothing more pathetic than seeing emaciated children begging for bread in the streets, but no one paid any attention. Those who ate delicacies are desolate in the streets. Those who were brought up in scarlet embrace ash heaps. The wealthy people had been made desolate. Their delicacies were taken away from them, and now they were scrounging for bread like anybody else. Disaster is the greatest leveler of humanity. The punishment of the iniquity of the daughter of my people is greater than the punishment of the sin of Sodom, which was overthrown in a moment with no hand to help her. Sodom was destroyed in a moment for her sin as fire and brimstone rained down upon her. But that was a better fate than the slow and agonizing death of the people of Jerusalem who pined away through starvation and disease. And although they reached out to Egypt for help, 
nobody helped her. Her Nazarites were brighter than snow and whiter than milk. They were more ruddy in body than rubies, like sapphire in their appearance. Now their appearance is blacker than soot. They go unrecognized in the streets. Their skin clings to their bones. It has become as dry as wood. The Nazarites were those who had taken a voluntary vow of consecration to God, and they would not eat anything from the vine, no grapes, grape juice, nor wine. They would not touch anything dead, and they would not cut their hair throughout the period of their consecration. Their consecrated lives had been a bright light to their fellow Jews. Like David, they were ruddy in appearance, their faces giving off a healthy glow. But now their appearance was blacker than soot. Their gaunt faces and sunken eye sockets and skin sticking to their bones because of starvation made them unrecognizable. Those slain by the sword are better off than those who die of hunger, for these pine away, stricken for lack of the fruits of the field. The hands of the compassionate woman have cooked their own children. They became food for them in the destruction of the daughter of my people. With the Babylonian siege, there were no fruits coming in from the field. Their food was limited to what they had on hand or what could be grown inside the city walls. They had water because of Hezekiah's tunnel that had the Gihon spring as its source, but the available food was insufficient for the need. This reached the point of the unthinkable. Mothers who naturally would do anything to protect and provide for their children literally cooked them to keep themselves from starving to death. God had warned the people in Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28 that this is what would happen to them if they disobeyed his covenant and refused to repent. God had been extremely patient with them, but now this consequence had come upon them. Again, Jeremiah could not shake the horror of the precious children of Jerusalem being victimized by their own mothers in this way. The Lord has fulfilled his fury. He has poured out his fierce anger. He kindled a fire in Zion and it has devoured its foundations. Ezekiel, who was prophesying from Babylon at the time of this siege, also picked up the theme of God fulfilling his fury. He said in Ezekiel 5.13, Thus shall my anger be spent, and I will cause my fury to rest upon them, and I will be avenged, and they shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it in my zeal, when I have spent my fury upon them. It's such a horrible tragedy that those who had been the object of God's special favor could become the object of his fury. I think of our own nation. We've been blessed above all nations. I believe it has been because of our godly heritage as our nation was founded by people who wanted to serve the Lord according to the scriptures. And to the degree that we have trusted in God and kept his commandments, we have received God's favor. But to whom much is given, much is required. And we are only fooling ourselves if we think that our nation could be the object of God's providence but not the object of his fury. Things could get much worse. God is the impartial judge. If he poured out his fury on the city of Jerusalem where he put his name, then he can also pour out his fury on these United States. Verse 12. 
the kings of the earth and all the inhabitants of the world would not have believed that the adversary and the enemy could enter the gates of Jerusalem because of the sins of her prophets and the iniquities of her priests who shed in her midst the blood of the just. The thing that strikes me most about this dirge of Jeremiah is that no one would have believed that such a thing could happen in Jerusalem. This fortified city was protected on three sides by mountains and was considered impregnable. But God brought King Nebuchadnezzar as his servant to destroy Jerusalem for her sins. So no one is invincible. If God is your enemy, then there is no place to hide. It's so much better to make sure that God is your friend. Now, who was to blame for this destruction? The prophets and priests bore the responsibility. Most all of the prophets, except for Jeremiah, prophesied lies, and the priests failed to warn the people of the consequences of their disobedience. Therefore, the blood of the people was on their hands. They wandered blind in the streets. They have defiled themselves with blood so that no one would touch their garments. They cried out to them, go away, unclean, go away, go away, do not touch us. When they fled and wandered, those among the nations said, they shall no longer dwell here. And so these prophets and priests were found out. They were actually considered to be unclean by the people because the people finally saw through the fact that they were telling lies, that things were not going down the way that they had said. And so they considered them to be unclean. And even when they would be scattered among the nations, they would be considered unclean wherever they went. People would say they shall not dwell here. The face of the Lord scattered them. He no longer regards them. The people do not respect the priests nor show favor to the elders. And so these who were considered to be valuable as gold were no longer regarded either by the Lord or by the people who had no respect for their priests. You know, it seems that many times there is not the respect for people who are in ministry, but, but sometimes we must admit that we have brought that on our own heads by our hypocrisy. Still our eyes failed us, watching vainly for our help. In our watching, we watch for a nation that could not save us. Here, this is a very clear reference to the fact that the people of Jerusalem and especially the kings were looking to Egypt to be their help against Babylon, but it did not happen. They tracked our steps so that we could not walk in our streets. Our end was near. Our days were over for our end had come. Our pursuers were swifter than the eagles of the heavens. They pursued us on the mountains and lay in wait for us in the wilderness. The breath of our nostrils, the anointed of the Lord, was caught in their pits, of whom we said, under his shadow, we shall live among the nations. And so, again, the people thought that they were safe under the shadow of the Lord, but uh, Zedekiah and his staff uh, escaped from Jerusalem and they escaped at night, but they were hunted down by Nebuchadnezzar, by the Babylonians. As they were seeking to cross the Jordan River, they were apprehended. And of course, uh, Zedekiah watched while his sons were put to death and then his own eyes were plucked out. Even though he was the anointed of the Lord, he was caught by the enemy. Verse 21, Rejoice and be glad, O daughter of Edom, you who dwell in the land of Uz, 
the cup shall also pass over to you and you shall become drunk and make yourself naked. The punishment of your iniquity is accomplished, O daughter of Zion. He will no longer send you into captivity. He will punish your iniquity, O daughter of Edom. He will uncover your sins. And so Jeremiah here is really prophesying against Edom. Now the Edomites who were descendants of Esau helped the Babylonians against Israel and then really gloated that uh, Israel was taken captive and uh, they didn't ever like Israel. They were enemies of Israel and they were really celebrating the fact that they went into captivity. But Jeremiah is saying, look, you are going to get yours. (laughs) Your iniquity is coming. In the end, we will recover. We will be restored, but God will punish your iniquity, Edom, and your sins will be uncovered. And sure enough, you know, God would restore the Jews back to their homeland, but there are no Edomites that we know of today. They are a lost people primarily because of their hatred for the Jews. My prayer would be that we would not fall into the deception to think that we are impregnable as a nation or that God cannot pour out his wrath upon us. God is impartial and the nation that makes its God the Lord and obeys his commandments, that nation will be blessed. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will conclude the book of Lamentations as Jeremiah offers a prayer for God's remembrance of their plight and restoration of his people. We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching through God's word on Simply the Bible. 